for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. candy, candy. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Cisco Kennedy in the studio. We got a special guest today. You might know his name. You might have his edits. If you are a DJ of any caliber, whether you're a club DJ, a mobile DJ, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Pete Down. What's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are we doing today? We're good, we're good. When I was growing up as a DJ, I would always see this one name come up all the time on record pools as, as I started to get familiar with the edits in the remix game. Mm. And that name was Pete Down. I kept seeing Pete Down, Pete Down, Pete Down. I said, who is this guy putting out all this great work? Um, this was on like the early stages before all these, you know, apps, before Instagram and, and you yeah. know, like this stuff. Um, and then we had met like a few years ago at uh, like a DJ conference, I think. It kind of clicked. I said, oh, now I can put a face to the name. And then right. we started kind of talking. We've even done some shows together, some local events where we've been on the same card, uh, like Tel Aviv, downtown in Providence. Yep. I know that we both do that. So with the Coffee and Candy podcast, I said, hey, let's get Pete on the show and let's just learn a little bit more about who he is and what he does. All right. <laughs> I know I myself have been at this about 18 years. I, I think you're well over me. Oh, if we're talking about the whole thing? Yeah, like DJing, like, right, like right in general. From the beginning? Yeah. Ooh, we're going way back. Um, I started back in 89. So, okay, so yeah. I, I was born in 87. Like 30 years in this game now. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a wow. long time, dude. Boys getting up there in age. And, <laughs> but you're still at it. Like, but you're still, still doing shows. It. Still active, still doing shows. Still performing. Still performing. Um, still editing. You do both. You do club and mobile gigs, right? I do. Yeah, I mean, that's how I grew up. So I started with a lot of mobile gigs mm -hmm. back then. You know, birthday parties and Sweet 16s was the thing. That's, that's exactly how I, how I yep. And teen dances, mm -hmm. what kind of like led to the club work, the teen dances. Um, I even started doing weddings for people at a young age. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've always done the private events as well, too. Now, when you first started, what did you use for equipment? Because I know I got really, <laughs> not blessed, but spoiled with all like the digital technology. You sure did. Um, I started with 1200s. The turntables, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, they weren't my first set. wasn't twelve hundred. They were just some like, you know, hi-fi regular twelve uh, techniques. They didn't even have a pitch control on them. But once I got some money up, start saving, then I got myself a set of twelve hundred eventually. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. And then the turntables. Like how I discovered someone like yourself on record pools. Uh, obviously. Were there record pools back in the late 80s? I, I think they they were, but they obviously weren't as accessible, like, online platforms. Right, right, exactly. So you'd have, like, X-Mix, Like, they go back. Okay. They really do. Um, pressing vinyl back then, doing remixes, you know, just kind of like what they do now, mm -hmm. but on vinyl, you know? And that's how I was getting their remixes on vinyl back in the day. Um, okay. And there might have been a few others that were doing that, too, like AV8. They started early too, back in the nineties. They were doing things. Brooklyn Clan, that's how they what was off of AV8 records. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if AV8 made Crooklyn Clan or Crooklyn Clan made AV8. I would say Crooklyn Clan made AV8 because I didn't really know about AV8 until Crooklyn Clan came out. But yeah, AV8 was putting out a lot of those remixes and stuff like 
it was different though back then because like now you take a remix for X Mix, let's say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's it doesn't change much. It still kind of stays within the same song. Back then it'd be like five, six, seven songs in one. So really? it's more like a more like a multi mix. Okay. Versus just a remix, you know? Okay. But it was different then, you know what I mean? So it would be like if there was like five hot songs out at that time, they'd put all five of them hot songs into one and make like a mega mix or something. So that was really popular back then. So the remixes weren't so much just to one song, you know what I mean? Like like focused on that one individual record. Yeah. It'd be like a collage of songs into one record that would make that remix. Interesting. Yeah, it was cool though. With the remixing. Yeah. I've always been a fan of Hearing a song and saying, I like this. This is great for what it is. But I hear something a little different that I would like to play when I DJ. Right. Um, and, and that's what really got me started with doing remixes. And that's what makes it fun too, right? Right. <laughs> right. So besides being a DJ, started like in the late 80s. When did that kind of hit you to say, I think... I want to flip these with my own style, like with my own taste. I want to give it the the Pete Down stamp. Mm. Uh, that's a tough question because I mean I I was already doing a lot of production stuff in the '90s. Okay, but it was more original stuff. So, but, like when I got into doing production, it was mostly originals. I wasn't really taking the records and remixing them for myself to go play out. Okay, because you'd have to press it on wax. Yeah, I didn't have the accessibility to do that. You ah. know what I mean, so. Um, I was dabbing a lot into the production and I was doing like mostly original production working with like rappers and artists so that's what I was doing in the 90s so it wasn't until the 2000s that software made it more accessible mm-hmm. where I can go ahead and you know and put it on CD but it wasn't even in, in that era it was when Serato came out I think is when I started dabbing into the remix stuff. So that was a game changer for you. Yes. Serato, I think, actually made it a game changer for me because that's when I knew it was like, I can actually flip this and actually go play it now. Where before I didn't, you know, it was never in like it was the mindset wasn't to I want to make a remix and get it out there at the time. You know, it was just let me do this remix because this is something I want to play, you know, and I could never do that until Serato was available. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, probably before that, I could have burnt it onto a CD. But again, I didn't use CDs. I was playing vinyl right up until Serato. I actually had to, I remember when Serato first came out and I got it, I spent like over a month dude, learning it. every day in the studio. No, making copies of my records. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Just burning them onto CD to rip them into the computer. Yeah, see, I'm really spoiled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that I'd have all those apps. Every song I needed. Yeah. So okay. Oh, bang. I'm done with that crate. Now I don't need to take that crate to the club no more. And I can just go with my hard drive and my two crates. You know what I'm saying? Every crate I would get through, I'd be like, oh, that's one less crate I have to carry now to the club. <laughs> to like get to the point where there was no more crates, you know? I see. But I would always take one with me just in case something didn't happen to the computer, you know, computer wise or whatever. Yeah. I could always just flip right to the, yep. to yeah. the crate. But um, yeah, it wasn't until that era that I was able to actually. You know, stop getting into remixing like we do now. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you were like recording, you were saying you were doing uh, like original stuff mm-hmm. with with artists, with rappers. Uh, like, would you then take those and like play them when you would DJ? Again, no, because I couldn't get them on wax. 
All right. <laughs> you know, but it was it, it's a lot a lot changed in the two thousands for me as a DJ, and I'm sure other DJs as well too because it wasn't I didn't feel like it was up until that time that I could actually play songs that I liked that I created, you know, or mm-hmm. remixed that I liked that I wanted to be able to play in the club, you know. Unless I did the mix live, you know, if it was a blend or something I could do live. I had the acapella on wax and I had, you know, the instrumental, then I could just do the mix live. But up until that point, it was not. I never had that opportunity, you know. Interesting. I don't think people really understand the amount of work that goes into doing this stuff. Right. They see a DJ up there playing. They think he's just pressing buttons. um, And it, it, it is a lot more than that, especially if you are someone of our caliber who we don't only DJ, we remix, we produce, we edit. Um, and like for me, I go all by air. I am not um, like musically trained. Are you? Same way. Do you, no. you had any classes, Never. any courses in Nothing. like music theory? Still can't play a keyboard. <laughs> I just kind of fiddle around. Yeah. And with obviously the software, it tells me if I'm hitting a right. C minor or an mm-hmm. F sharp. Um, and then I can kind of get like an understanding of what I want. If I hear something within about 15 minutes, I can figure out the melody. Yep. Um, but I'm no Mozart where I can just play with all 10 fingers. I, I, I wish. I Me too. If, <laughs> <laughs> I wish however, I like I will say, I am going to be taking some classes next year because I actually really want to learn how to play the piano. Oh, I, hear you. I think once I do, I will be a complete different beast right right you will right you will absolutely right because then i mean i don't know about you but for me like i like i love to like come up with ideas as far as like whether it's a baseline melody or Mm -hmm. you know a top melody whatever it is you know that that, that's in my head you know what i mean and then when i go try to play it it's like i spend so much time trying to figure out the key that i stop losing focus of the melody you know what i'm saying it's like because i'm trying to you know but if you, I feel like if you're trained to know how to play, yeah. you can already get that rhythm a lot quicker because you're you're not trying to figure out the key. You already know how to play the keys. You know what I'm saying? I I just hope that <clears throat> when I do obtain that skill, I don't lose some of the um with the creativeness. Yeah. Because some of the songs that I create, the magic is in not knowing how to play. But you might get more creative though because once you stop I hope so. playing, yeah. Now you're going to be like playing and practicing. You're going to start coming up with more melodies and more ideas while you're right there on the keyboard yeah, yeah. playing. I feel that that you will get more creative yeah. with it. Have you ever been working on a remix or on like an original um, a production? And like you're halfway through it, you got it going good. And then say you want to add like like a counter melody or something like you bring up a new like VST yep. you hit one note and you say this is a whole nother song file save oh, yeah. opening up and right it's just one one hit of the right pad or the oh, right synth sound you and you're like right sound. holy shit what is this yeah it doesn't go with this oh. but I can't lose this right I, that's I'm what right. I do file save copy sometimes. yeah and uh, that happens that happens a lot with me yeah. Like within making a song, oh, hell yeah. I'm also now starting other records. Uh, it's just part of the um, like the creative process. Uh, if if you are any sort of a songwriter or I'm um, like a producer, perhaps you know what we're talking about. That feeling you get 
when you're in the studio, you're in that creative process, and then something just speaks to you oh, that yeah. you you have to stop everything you're doing, right? Because you, you don't want to lose that. And to me, that's the true essence of the magic. It, it It's crazy because we have so many sounds nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have so many VSTs. So it's like back in the day, you would need like five or six different keyboards. Where now it's like at your keyboard on your mouse, you have... 15 keyboards you know synthesizers yep. whatever you know what I mean like so you have tons of sounds so when you're going through these sounds trying because that's me I'm digging through these sounds to find that sound yeah to complement this beat I'm working on yeah yeah I come across like 10 other rem- 10 other song- sounds that I love and I'm like oh that sounds so good it might not work with this yeah but it's like I gotta write it down or something to keep me- I don't I can't remember all the sounds so I have to write it down or something to go back to that sound need to do something with that sound you know yeah. what I mean like because there's just too much good shit out there it's like you don't want to <laughs> I am a VST whore yeah I'm a sound junkie I can get like that too sometimes you know I want every sound kit oh. right <laughs> all genres yeah. all genres yeah. I, I want it all yeah Um. do you have a favorite uh, like VST uh, or like plug-in or? I used to use Massive a lot like as from Native Instruments we're talking about like a synth right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. so like I used to use Massive a lot and I still do because sometimes I go to and, and I'm like, because you can remember things from, from certain VSTs that like, oh yeah, I remember using the bass from that, you know, and I like the sound. Certain like, patch. Whatever it is. You right? know, you can save it as your favorites, right? Yeah. You can bring exactly. it back up. So it's like, I go to it, you know, but um, I've been using Serum a lot, a lot of Serum. I use the Avenger. I like Avenger. I do too. I think that's like a little secret weapon. There. That is my number people, one. Isn't it crazy? Like a lot of people don't even, they sleep on that. I've. I've, I can't count how many thousands of dollars I spent in expansion packs. Dude, it's a great, that's a great uh, synth. Um, yeah, so like those are my two top ones, really. Okay. Oh, and I use, you know, contact a lot too, because I mean, I have yeah, a nice like contact library and native instruments one. Yeah. And I use it for both things. Like I have output. Okay. So I use output through the contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like a lot of that, their sounds, you know. Um, yeah, like those are like my top three. So I would say I use Serum the most, Contact the second most, and then you know I still go to I still lean on Massive for stuff too. Okay, and like your Dora choice is Ableton, right? Yeah, I've been using Ableton now for I don't even know, maybe eight nine years. Yeah, yeah probably about that. Uh, like I was nothing- late to Ableton though, because I was on. Um, I started in the two thousands with uh, Cakewalk. Really? Right? And I hated it. And then I got into Cubase and I loved yep, it. Yeah. So I got into Cubase. But at the same time, I was doing like editing and mashups and all that type of stuff on Sony Acid. So That's how I, I started. So, so then I just ran with Sony. Dude, I ran with Sony Acid until like 2012, 2013, maybe even 2014 before I switched over to Ableton. And then I was just like, everybody's on Ableton. And I need to learn that software. Yeah. Why aren't I using Ableton? Like, I think it was 2004, 2005 when I started with Sony Acid Pro on a PC. Yeah. Uh, I probably did that till about 2009. And then in about 2009, I started networking with a few people that were part of different record labels. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging around them like to the point where they were like, hey, if, if you don't know Pro Tools, you don't know Logic, right. we really can't work with you, mm-hmm. you know, as far as file sharing back and forth. Um, if you want to try to kind of make it in this game, right. you need to know these platforms. So 
That's what I did. I, I, I switched over to a Mac. Best decision of my life. I know some people are like hardcore PC users and some people are hardcore Mac users. Yeah. I'm a hardcore Mac user. I'll never go back. Um, and I learned Logic. I've been on Logic now for 12 years. It is my door of choice. Um, and then I used to use like Pro Tools heavily when I owned a big recording studio mm-hmm. and uh, I recorded a lot of local guys that's I was on like Pro Tools like 12 hours a day um, and I still love the Pro Tools grid I know each of the doors they all have different ups and downs about them right. uh, like pros and cons but as far as the grid uh, which to anyone out there who is a producer everyone knows like the grid is bible that's 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 the tape measure that's the ruler mm-hmm. right that's right. where everything's being made on on the grid um, and I think that like Pro Tools has the best grid yeah it, the way that things just lock in mm-hmm. um, that's what I miss about them I still have it I can still access it but I, I do everything now in Logic so you're 100% Ableton 100% Ableton the only thing I, I- like you said, there's a lot of things people like and dislike. And one that always comes to mind with Ableton is not having a clock, a running clock, like Logic has. Like, I'm Pro surprised Tools there's has. no add, there's no update, like, no add-on to dude, just that add is that. like I need, I, I hate their clock. That's the one thing. It's like I need a clock. I like to like, I want to know that I'm on the third beat of the 68th bar you know what I'm saying like, yeah I like to know that I, I like to know like I'm at two two minutes and 37 seconds into the record without having to go into that little corner and bring up the little box to see and it's so small and tiny in the corner like that's the one thing I hate about Ableton like, yeah you need a running clock like, I was, this is a production software it's got to be a running clock on this thing and that's the only thing I, that's my only gripe okay software. well you know if, I mean? uh, as far as everything else I love it. Yeah, if if anyone's out there listening, <laughs> you have any ties to Ableton? But again, it was. I think it's because <laughs> Pete, I came. Pete up, Down wants the clock, right? And I think it's because I came up on software like that, right? Like, yeah, you know, back to the roots, Cubase, and you know, Sony Acid. Even those had clocks. Like, come on, you should have a clock. A couple weeks ago, <laughs> I was in upstate New York at like a good friend of mine's studio, uh, Davy D. And uh, he uses Ableton, and he was showing me, you know, everything that he does, and then I was showing him everything that I do with Logic. We were going back and forth and comparing it. Right. One of the things that we both agreed on is with Ableton, the look of it aesthetically kind of looks a little outdated, and I'm, mm. I don't know if you agree with that as as far as just. I, I would say it looks different. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, when I see like Logic and Pro Tools or. What's the other, the um, pre, pre-sonus one? I forget the name of that. Pre loops. Oh, uh, uh, like Studio One. Yeah, like Studio One. So like many of them. Cubase, but like those four right there. Yeah. All kind of look similar, like different in their own way, but they still have like the similar kind of layout. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at Fruity Loops, it's already completely different looking than than any of those. Yeah. Just like Ableton, to me, seems different looking than any of those. You know, you can't say look at Ableton and you compare it to. True. It doesn't I just look think like logic. for as being a worldwide international platform that right. Ableton is, yeah. I just think that they would put a little more effort into just the look, the look of it. Of it, mm-hmm. um, it I don't know. It it just looks a little outdated. Like like with Logic has a nice, clean, sleek look. Yeah. Um, like with Fruity Loops, there's there's looks kind of looks like an old video game <laughs> in a way, right? <laughs> That's just me. But um, I know there's different skins you can have 
with Ableton. You can yeah. you can have it in, yeah. in different modes. Some of them just are, are kind of an ISO. I right. guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like when I look at the Ableton screen, yeah. it's, it's an ISO to me. Maybe that's just because I don't use it all the time. Right. Yeah. Right? Um, I keep mine real simple. Like I have like, I think the light gray or whatever it is. All right. It's the most generic. Like it works one. for you. Yeah, because I don't like, like, you know, again, I don't staring at the screen for so long you want something that's going to be easy on the eyes yeah so I, I tend to go with that one I guess yep um I I I've dabbled in it lightly um you know I've talked to some people about kind of making the switch or learning it because uh, I know as a remixer one of the biggest advantages that Ableton has right um is I would say the warping that's exactly what I was going to get at. Yeah. Like the warp tool, mm. uh, which is very popular when it comes to making things like uh, like the transition edit. Oh, right? Yeah. Uh, that's something that is not so easily done in all the other doors. Right. Uh, oh, it took me forever to figure out how to do a transition edit in Sony Vegas. When I, uh, Sony Acid when I had yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, how the hell do you do this? Like, it took me forever to figure it out. And then it wasn't like you can just go on YouTube and put up a tutorial because nobody, nobody was really even using mm-hmm. Sony Acid at the time like that, right? So I'm like, it took me forever. I think it was one of my friends who tipped me off on how to do it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how you do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I couldn't do it now. I, I already forgot the steps. Really? <laughs> if I went back into Sony Acid, yeah. Like for those who don't know, um, like a transition edit is when the song is gonna go from one tempo, uh, like to the other. Something kind of very popular, where maybe it starts at 128, just to kind of beat match in. But then you're gonna kind of switch up your genre, maybe go down to more hip hop, more kind of the um, like the 90s um, and like 110. Uh, so like you need to kind of get there somehow without just doing a complete tempo switch. Um, so like a transition edit is something that is very popular that we use in the DJ world to kind of jump around from genre to genre as we're playing our sets, right? Yep. Um, I don't use them too much. Me neither. I stopped using them. <laughs> and it's funny you brought it up because I was thinking about that on the way here. I'm like, we, you know, whatever we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I'm like thinking about transitions for some reason. And I'm like, damn, I, I remember doing so many of them. I was like doing them all the time because I knew how popular they were and I knew DJs needed them and relied on them and then I just stopped using them and then I was still making the edits for like another year I think of transition edits and I'm mm-hmm. like why am I still making these? I don't even use these anymore like because a lot of times a lot of the edits especially when I'm editing like when you, I'm not talking about like making a remix from scratch I'm talking about just simple edits mm-hmm. um, when I edit it's because I need to edit for myself to go play in the club Okay. I'm already at the club thinking ah I like this but this needs to be reworked into my the way I like to play or whatever right so I'm thinking of the transitions and I'm like wow I, st- I really stopped do- using them like I don't even use them anymore because I got into like slamming edits so those like, are very popular now and I'll, I'll tell you because I, I started using more of those because I, I, I'd be at 128 and then I would just slam right into 90 BPM because I didn't want to wait four bars, eight bars of mixing time to get down to that tempo. And I'd rather just slam into it. And I enjoyed the response from the crowd. Yeah. It would, it would be more of an impact to them because they'd be like, and then, oh, we're over here now, right? With the tempo. And it would just like, it would actually stop people in it while they're dancing. Yeah. Which is crazy because that's not what you want to do in the club, but the impact on the on the on the crowd and the reaction you'd get from it was more powerful to me than transitioning down from one 
128 down to 90 BPM or from 128 house to reggaeton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really download them so often. Maybe once in a while, if there's like a whole pack, uh, you know, I'll just grab it to have it. Yeah. But just kind of taking a moment to think about it, I don't think I ever go into those like folders to play again this is just like another i'm a music whore i'm a music junkie i need to have it all even though i don't play 90 percent of it right um but i i just love being a um like a collector of edits and just sounds and and music some people collect baseball cards people collect cards right (laughs) um i collect music and sound packs that's just what i do i get it right i'm the same way (laughs) like you understand oh i absolutely understand and it's funny you say that because sometimes i'm downloading music and i'm like i know i'm not going to play this but i'm still downloading it because i like it you know what i mean and i need it i might never never know (laughs) it's um it's very interesting how we perceive like the music now and people's attention spans are so short to where songs are not even getting like the full play anymore yep uh, which is it's it's not new but it's been getting shorter and shorter and oh, shorter yeah. to where it's crazy it like even like when we do our edits you know there's the quick edits which is kind of yep. taking that that song that's a normal three and a half minute song mm-hmm. and we just kind of uh get right down to the good parts make yep. it like a minute and a half like two minute max mm-hmm. right and that's something that's very popular that we use as a as a tool when we play yep. very rarely now if you're a modern dj are you playing original versions mm-hmm. um 99% of everything that i play is a even like a short remix version. of some form even like a shorter version so yep. if the song is like four minutes i cut it down to two and a half three minutes yep and i usually go right and take that like the bridge part yep just eliminate that yeah just have the two, the two verses and the two hooks and we out yeah. you know what i'm saying like i can't even do the bridge part unless the bridge part is something that you know the crowd's gonna sing along to or whatever mm-hmm. then it, it has to go <laughs> but now it's just intro hook verse yeah and then out oh that, that that's a quick edit Right. And that used to be very popular in the hip hop community. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, When you go to like a nightclub and every other minute, they'll be switching it up, switching it up, switching it up. That seems to be the way now with just about all genres. Right. Right. You're right. Absolutely. Um, And I, I think it just has a lot to do with people's attention spans. After about 60 seconds or something, they just want to hear something. It doesn't matter how good the record is. It doesn't matter how big the record is. Crazy. Yeah, and what that means for us is that we need to now play more songs in our sets. Yep. In in an average four hours, mm-hmm. we'll be playing sixty songs. Um, maybe we're playing more now because right. we're only playing two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think see it that has its pros and cons though because there's certain songs that you you you. You kind of got to wait and let it play. Let the record breathe in a sense because some people want to hear that song. And if you cut it short, then you're going to start getting the dagger eyes from the girls because they wanted to keep playing, you know, you to keep playing a record. So you, exactly. you got you to pay attention to your crowd when you do that. They want to sing along to right. it. So you can't just go there, put your head in your laptop and, and quick mix all night. You can't do that. No, you know no. I'm, 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 I'm someone where... I'm always very engaged with the crowd, and you have, I think you, you have to be, man. and their response to what I'm doing. Right? Um, maybe I do this a little too much. I think but, that's how I gauge the quick mixing aspect of things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do. Like if I'm watching the crowd, yeah, that's how I gauge whether I should be quick mixing or not. So if I play a song, okay, boom. Oh, how are they reacting to this? Are they are they feeling it? Mm-hmm. If they're feeling it, then I'm gonna keep it going. If they're not feeling it, then I'm cutting short. 
quick mix and out into the next record. I don't need a quick edit mix to do that. I can do that with any edit. You know what I mean? It's just paying attention to your crowd. I think that's that's where the quick mixing aspect comes in into play for me. Anyway, so. Now, um, I'm gonna put you on the spot for a moment. Like I think I know the answer, but in your set, do you play the majority of your own Pete Down edits, or do you not? That's, it's. <laughs> it, I mean. There's times I don't, you know, but then there's times I do because I made those edits particularly for me to use. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like certain edits, yeah. Certain edits, no. I mean, there's tons of stuff that I've never even played that I've made. You know what I mean? And then it is stuff that I use all the time that I've made, you know? So I, 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 a lot has to do with like that whole thing when you're in the club, right? And you're working and you're like, damn, I wish I had an edit of this, that, that. You already know how you want it to go, right? Mm-hmm. So you will go to the studio the next day or the next week and you work on that edit. And then that sometimes becomes that edit that you always lean to. Like your go-to. Like, yeah. Like you know for what that I'm song. So I have certain edits that are beat down edits that I play like religiously every week. Okay. Know? Or every night, you know? And then there's certain that I never even played ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I <clears throat> honestly... I don't play a lot of my own stuff. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's certain things that you do that you're like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't think I've ever played it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, what keeps me making edits week after week, month after month, year after year, is I know that there are other DJs right. that really appreciate. And rely on it. Exactly. And like rely on my edits. Mm-hmm. And that's why I continue to make them. Yep. Um, being a um, a contributor to the DJ community. Right. That is kind of like one of my roles that I take a lot of pride in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like myself, maybe it's just my style of DJing or it's just I'm I'm a big fan of playing other people's work. I, I enjoy your work. Yeah, I enjoy playing your stuff. I am I'm in a whole ton of other DJ stuff yeah. too. You know what I mean? And sometimes I forget that I have a version that I made it right, of this because right. I'm a fan too. I'm I'm a fan of different DJs, different yep. editors, different remixers. Exactly. Um, and sometimes I just simply forget that I also have a folder that right. are all mine too. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of music out there. So many great versions of songs. Oh yeah. And uh, like whether you have an acapella in mm-hmm. or something that is like a transition or something that jumps from like the original to a remix there's certain things that i gravitate towards and it, it, it it's not always like what i make right you know and plus i'm very hard on myself and some of the stuff that i put out other people might love and in my mind i'm like this could use a, a lot of work right mm-hmm. um i'm just like i'm very hard on the stuff that i make I get it to a point where I know, okay, this is good to get out there, but if I listen to it too much, I'm going to want to go and edit and change things. And maybe that's why I don't play my own stuff. <laughs> Possible, dude. It's kind of like, uh, I know there's some actors that don't watch their own movies. Right. Like they like they can't. Yeah. They spend eight, nine, 12 months on set doing this like performance and they never even seen their own movie. And I'm sure there are artists that don't even want to listen to their own music either, who record yeah. their own stuff and... Yeah, you know, you know, number one song on the radio, and they don't even want to hear their album. Yeah, their own album. I I think <laughs> uh, like part of being an artist, unfortunately, we have that trait of being a perfectionist, which doesn't exist. 
Um, and that's kind of what drives us mad over time. And I think that's why uh, in a professional world, when you're an artist signed to a label, once you are done laying your vocals down, you are not allowed in the mixing session right. because you will never be satisfied. And then like the record will mm-hmm. never go out. So right. that's why it gets it goes into the hands of the mix engineer, yep. the mastering engineer. Uh, and, and then everyone kind of signs off on it. But if that artist was in the room the whole time, like listening to every little tweak being made, the record would never get done. And I, I can feel their pain because I'm kind of like that when I'm like doing my own original remixes and I'm see? doing all my own original production type stuff. See, see. Because I'll sit there and, I, dude, I, I'm so picky, like, with the mix having to be perfect. And, or maybe just a, another DB on that sound. Or if I, maybe if I pan that a little bit more to the left, and then I go, and then I render it down and then go listen to it in the car or listen to it on my earbuds. And I'm like, now you're hearing something else ain't right. Oh, yeah. I should oh, I should have turned that up. Or I should have lowered this. Up. You know what I mean? Like, And that's my downfall, like, sometimes with why I don't even put on my own sh- my own remixes like original stuff or you know putting out original music and just in general because you're so picky about certain things as you know at the end of the day and i can see why people are like that you know? yeah i have that tendency too yeah <laughs> plus we kind of work alone in a way where we are isolated yeah. like for the most part it's not that i don't enjoy having people around me i work best when I'm isolated Absolutely I work best when it's just me mm-hmm. When I can focus on things um, And then Once it's Once it's to a point Where I think Okay let me show this To a few people I'm gonna show it to Johnny See what he thinks about this He'll yep. come in the studio He'll add His little tweaks to it I think you should You know have Eight more bars of this And then drop this sound And bring it back in I said huh You know what Yeah I didn't see it that way Cause I've been in the loop of it All friggin Right All day All week Yeah yeah So it's nice to have that other perspective yep. to, to help get the record to the final product um, and the way that we've been working lately is Johnny actually comes up with the idea for the mm-hmm. remix he yep. goes hey I think we should flip this next and then I'll go I'll start working on it yep. I'll get it to a point where okay I like it so now let me see if he likes it right. um, he'll come in the studio he'll add his little pointers to it mm-hmm. like we'll complete it and that's really been the way that we've been doing the last like 10 records or so so i think we finally found a formula right uh, which takes a little pressure off me because I, I know it's it, it's it's not just all on my shoulders anymore. right 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 sometimes you feel like you gotta let go of the chain a little bit yeah because now you're working with someone else you're yeah not just yeah by yourself where yeah. you before you know when you're by yourself like you said you, you're just so isolated and it's just you in that box and you you know what you want mm-hmm. and you're just trying to, to create that and then it's like so for you to open up and say okay let somebody else in yeah and give their input that takes a lot too though because you have to be open-minded and you know sometimes you're just like mm, I, I think i like it my way because you have that idea in your head the whole time that's the scary you wanna, part you know so like for you to do that you know you're letting go of that chain a little bit that you know i props for doing that <laughs> yeah it, it um because that ain't easy i know it ain't easy no no it took me quite some time to allow someone else into right. my creative space uh, space yeah yeah oh, uh, like the studio is my temple oh i get it um it is a very spiritual place to me mm-hmm. i don't mean like i'm um, like religion wise right um but i i have i have a very big energy connection being in the studio to my sounds mm-hmm. the frequencies when i just 
like when I'm playing like a bass line or like an arpeggiator, I'm big with the arpeggiators. Yeah. And I play that one note and I record it and I put it on an eight bar loop and I get up and I'm pacing back and forth in the studio. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm here yeah. in the studio, my body, I like physically, yeah. but my mind is out there. I'm in an, <laughs> I'm in an arena. Oh yeah, dude. And the lights the just world. came up yeah. and the crowd's roaring. Right. And that's, that's the mindset like that I go into. That's what feeds the energy mm. to now build on that one loop. Right. That's the essence that, uh, mm. that happens when I am creating. And when you have other people around you, sometimes you lose that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like it can't be easy, you know, especially when you're most of the time you're working by yourself. Like, yeah. You get so used to that rhythm of, you know, doing you. Yeah. But the downside <laughs> to that, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, um, is after so many years of being isolated, I know, and like my wife had actually like pointed this out to me many, many years ago. I start to lose some of my um, like communication skills mm. with people, right? And just kind of, um, just like knowing how to get out of work mode, right? I'm a workaholic. I know the feeling. <laughs> day in, day out. Sometimes she would have to call me and say, "Are you coming home?" <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in the studio for 14 hours. Right. Right? Haven't even ate much all day because I love, love food. But that is the one thing that curbs my appetite right. is creating music. And I could be in the studio all day. And you don't even know what the time is sometimes. You're down here. Like, Especially you. Situation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what time it is, dude. It's like three, four hours just went by. And, and I'm like, I feel like I've been only in the studio for an hour. Yeah. That's how fast time goes when you're, you know, yeah. you're enjoying what you're doing, I guess. Is there a perfect <clears throat> time For or a, a day, night um, that that you find is like your magic hour uh, like to create or, or or just to do edits in general? When I, when I was younger, it was later, like later in the day, like talking evening. 9, 10, 11 at night? Yeah, I would say anytime after 6. Okay. After 6 p.m., like I would get into that rhythm, you know, and just be like, then I could just go to like 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, but it, yeah, it would start later in the day. Now that I'm older, like, it starts like earlier in the day, but not in the morning. I'm not a morning person at all. So no. Like, yeah, like my magic time is like after two o'clock. Okay. Like it starts, you know, like, like I'll get up, but around twelve o'clock, I'm like going through the whole email thing and that aspect is of, of, of things. You know what I mean? Like the emails and responding and all that type of stuff and. So I, I try to get that out of the way and then any personal stuff that I got to do, I'll do that first. Because once you get into the studio mode, there's nothing worse than having to stop to go do something else. Like, I hate it. Like, absolutely. Like, especially if I'm working on something and I'm yeah. into what I'm working on. Like, yeah. When I'm, you know, you know, when you're locked in. Yeah, well, like when you're focused. Yeah, when you're locked in, it's hard to just stop what mm -hmm. you're doing. All right, I got to go, you know, got to go do this. So I got to attend this phone call, whatever it is you, you got to do. And it's drives me nuts, you know what I'm saying, that I have to stop and then go back. So, yeah, I mean, usually for me, it's later in, in, in the afternoon, I would say, like, evening time, locked in time, like, anytime after four to eight, that yeah. four to eight window, locked in, like, don't even look at my phone, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I am, I like, fortunate that um, 
being a a remixer mm-hmm. is my full time job. Right. Um, so I'm in the studio day in, day out, weekends, weekdays. Um, I, I don't really think I have like a like a preference. I enjoy getting up early in the studio. Sometimes I'm in here at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes kind of, I'm in here at nine o'clock at night. Uh, I always try to like allow myself a certain amount of hours though. Right. If I know that I got a lot of stuff going on today mm-hmm. um, and I only have like an hour or two in the studio, sometimes I just won't even come to the studio. Right. Because it, it's almost a tease. And yeah. like you said, once you get going and those gears get turning mm-hmm. and you start getting like creative, it's very hard to just stop. Yep. Especially when you are working with something with an expectation. When you know, we're doing edits, they have a, a certain deadline maybe that they have to be sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can't just sort of wing those. They they, right. they have to be done a certain way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, like, we could talk all day. Oh, you know that. All night. So many <laughs> subjects. Way too many. You know, there, there's not many people that uh, wear all the hats that we wear. Right. Being a DJ. Or who can relate to what we do. Yeah. But that, that, like you were saying earlier, it's like your wife even had to tell you like, hey, you know, you start losing social skills and, and, you know, communication skills because you're so locked into yourself in that studio. I feel the same way. Like sometimes I feel like awkward being around people that I don't really know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't really know how to like, you know, what they're into or, you know, because they don't know what I'm into. You know what I mean? Like, so like, how do we communicate? But like being here with you. Yeah. It's like. Looking in the mirror in a way, in a way you know. What Finally, like someone in the someone who gets what I do, you know right. what I'm saying, in their own way. But it's like, it's it's just weird like that. So we, when I do meet people like that, yeah, it's like I could be, I, we could have conversation for twenty hours, dude. Like, yeah, we could sit here. We're done talking about DJ, and now we're talking about production. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or we're talking about, you know, finding sounds for our VSTs or whatever it may be. Yeah. We could be at it for hours. You yeah. know what I mean, and I get it. Some people's <laughs> are like biggest problems. Uh, like right now is uh, they just had two flat tires. They don't have the money to to afford to get new tires. Yeah. They don't know what they're gonna do. Their life's upside down. And like me and Pete down, our biggest problem is we can't get the right fucking snare <laughs> for our da- our damn remix. Right? right? Uh, like we're very blessed. We are very very blessed to do what we do to service uh, like the DJ world in the way that we do for as many years as we do. Uh, it's great to call you a friend someone in the industry that i can look up to that i know i I can always go to your pete down edits and that there's always going to be something there that gets me excited to want to play right right i appreciate that bro yeah uh thanks for coming into the studio um hopefully we can have you on here again maybe i can get johnny as well and uh we can do another episode and kind of dive into other areas of uh what we do known as the dj remixer world right yeah that'd be cool all right So, uh, like with every show, we have a mix segment, and uh, now we're going to get into today's mix. And we're going to play a few uh, Pete Down edits on this one. Nice. All right. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. It's a 
body, I'm the bestest. Dancing, dancing on my necklace. Stay matched like the rest is. On four of my drip was the same. Hit up Benny when I need a change. Made it out soon as I got fame. Walking past and they yelling my name. Damn, like we going cool. I'm a fan, but I'm keeping my cool. And I like it when you call me boo. Babe, I just wanna do what you do. Put your thoughts, I'm thinking they spot. Just know that I am what they not. I'ma help you get back at the ops. Where can I come when you spinning they blocks? And I swear that you be on my mind. Yeah, I'm looking for you, I make time. Just waiting, you skipping the line. I was debating on making you mine. And you fly, cause I'll buy a belt. And you make with the cars you was dealt. By my side, then you taking no L. He all like, damn, I see you making me melt. Got a man, but I hope you don't care. When I'm with him, I wish he was there. Fucking that risk, but you know I'm not scared. When he think he knows shit isn't fair. Fixing together, I know we go better. We say hi, it don't matter the weather. He's mad that he getting me wetter. Damn, I ain't for this way forever. I bet he gon' do what she like. So what's your sign? Cause I like you, right? Got a cool speaker stay for the night. But I'm too fast to invite you. You got a gangsta vibe. And I wanna gangsta boo. One of us went to sky. I'm tryna see how a gangsta move.